What is up, Real Church? Thanks for tuning in to the Real Church Podcast. Once again, we are in a series titled Foundations. You know, whenever you're going into a new season, you want to build, you need to make sure that you have a strong foundation off of which to build. So go in to reinforce that foundation. That's what we're doing right now. Last week, we talked about salvation. Encourage you to listen to that one. This week, we're talking about a transformed life. How does salvation transform your life? And uh, how do you let what he did work in your life? I know this will encourage you. Um, So make sure to listen. And if it does encourage you, share it with one of your friends. Maybe it'll encourage them too. God bless you. Thanks for tuning in. We are in the middle of a series titled Foundations. Um, And also many of you know that we are in a transition as a church. You probably saw the sold sign on the building. Uh, This building has new owners. We have to be out by September 1st at least. So we are in the process of this transition. We're looking for the right building. And hint, we're getting warmer. You know, hopefully uh, I'll be able to give some announcements and stuff soon. But um, in a transition, you know, you're about to step into a new season. You want to ensure your foundation is strong. You know, a building can only grow as much as its foundation is strong. You know, when, when you, when you want to add on, you reinforce, if you need to, the foundation, right? A, a, a sports team, when they're going into a new season, they go back to the basics. They go back to the foundational skills to ensure that those are strong. So when they add new skills and new plays and new things, it's on a sturdy foundation and it doesn't make them worse. It makes them better. Yeah. So we're doing foundations right now in order to reinforce our foundations in Christ. Christ is the foundation and we build off of that in Christ and based on Christ and Christ alone. Amen? Amen. Okay. So last week we talked about salvation. And just to let you know, this is the back to the basics uh, small group that we do. We got some amazing women in here. Miss Erla is in our back to the basics. She's here today. Um, I would encourage you, don't just listen to the messages. If you haven't been a part of Back to the Basics, hey, we meet on Tuesday nights at Starbucks at 6.30. You're all invited. Let's overrun Starbucks. The basics of Christianity is simple. They're simple and straightforward, but they're not shallow. Very deep. Continue to learn day in and day out but yet straightforward truth. Amen. So we started with salvation and then, um, today we're getting into a transformed life. What does it look like to live that out next week? We'll be talking about together. We togetherness, the importance of the body of Christ. After that, probably prayer. We'll talk about prayer, then Holy spirit. And then the normal Christian life, what does the Bible say a normal Christian life is? Not what do we see normally in a Christian's life. Amen? Uh, and then sowing. We live in order to give from ourselves, our time, talent, and treasure, into those around us so they can experience Jesus. And then the last one is going. You're all commissioned to go in your world to share what God's put in you around you. Amen? So today is a transformed life. I'm actually going straight from the notes from um, the small group that um, I wrote. I got some scribblies on it because it's my notes. So we're going to start with a little bit of review. 
And if you've already been through this or maybe you've been around real church, you've probably heard a lot of what I'm about to say for the first 10 minutes. And I'll just remind you, Peter and Paul both wrote and they said, it's no problem for me to say to you the same things because it's a safeguard to you. What's it doing? Repetition is reinforcing truth and it's renewing your mind because your life is transformed by a renewed mind. So I would encourage you as I share some of these things, don't just say, oh, I've already heard this. Okay, but have you already shared it with others? Because if you haven't, you probably need to listen in such a way that you understand the analogy so well that you can share the same analogy or better with the people around you because they need to hear it too. And the more that you minister, the more that you mature. You're a minister of the gospel if you're a believer. So these scriptures, if you don't have them memorized or you don't know them or, or you never put it together like that, listen in a way that you can give out. Because chances are, if you're willing to do that, God will use what he gives you today through you and people around you if you're willing to put it in deep in your heart so much that it, it can come back out. Yeah? Okay. All right, so we're going to start in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, one of my favorite chapters of the Bible. Verse 17, it says something that, man, we hear all the time and it's easy to hear and say it, but to really believe it and walk it out, man. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, the new is here. That's NIV. I grew up hearing, you know, uh, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new is here, you know? You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. You are if you've given your life to him, if you've been born again. Like that is just 100% truth. The hard part is the verse before it. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Verse 16, wait a second. No one, that means I can't even regard myself from a worldly point of view anymore. Right? So what everybody else says about me or everybody else's perspective of, a perspective of me based on my past is a worldly point of view. I have to regard myself as Christ sees me, and he sees me as a brand new creation in him, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, forgiven past, present, and future because his blood is more, uh, powerful enough to do that. So when I look at myself, I'm supposed to see Christ because it's Christ in me. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives through me, Right? I mean, am I, am I just, this, this isn't just religious jargon. This is truth. We have to put it in and understand it so that we can walk it out. But it's so hard to really say, wait, I believe I'm a new creation when, when we always are looking at our failures and always looking at our past. And, oh, I, I, psychologists would say, well, you are the, the sum of your experiences. Not if you've been born again, you're not. Well, I feel this way, so I am. No, shut up. That is not truth. You are who Christ says that you are. Put your feelings aside and line them up with the truth of his word. And your feelings will change. Your feelings are a product of where you put your mind. You think long enough about something, you're going to begin to feel it. That's, uh, I don't know why I'm going here, but um, advertisers understand this. Right? They, they pay billions of dollars to put an image on a billboard or to put it uh, on, in front of you for 30 seconds on a screen. Why? Because they're trying to influence the way that you think. Because they know if you think about something long enough, you're going to feel like you need it. Or you're going to feel like it's a part of you. Or, or man, oh my, I just have this desire for Coke. And you just watched a commercial about Coke. 
I just have this desire to go for a chiropractor. And, and man, you just saw 40 commercials over the past month about the chiropractor. You don't realize it. You don't put it together. All they're doing is trying to get in your eyes and ears so that you think about something enough. And if you think about it enough, you feel it. And then you think it's who you are. It's think, you think it's what you need. That's why you renew your mind. That's why the Bible says, Romans 12, 2, renew your mind and your life is transformed. What are you renewing your mind to? To who he says that you are. Amen? All right. So it's truth. New creation in Christ Jesus. Romans 6, verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. All right, if you are a believer in Christ Jesus, if you've been born again, I want you to say this with me. I have died to sin. With conviction. I have died to sin. Okay, that's truth. That's just right in scripture. It's right there. What does that mean for your life? Well, Romans 6, 7 says, anyone who has died, 6, 6 says, we've been crucified with Christ. No longer, Galatians 2, 20, no longer I who live, Christ who lives in me. 6, 7 says, anyone who has died has been set free from sin. This is the gospel, guys. This is, this is part of the gospel. It's part of salvation. Understanding that. Anyone who has died has been set free from what? Sin. All right. Say, I have died to sin. So I'm set free from sin. Now, it's hard for some religious people to say that. And, and look, if I'm stepping on your toes and the shoe fits, just kick it off. Okay, don't get all mad about them and walk out. That's what the Pharisees did. They walked out. And then they crucified the guy who was saying truth. Right? If the Bible says it, let's look at truth. Say, oh man, I've been believing a lie for a long time. Let me align my life up with the word instead of what I've always been saying and get mad at the person who's saying those things. Right? I, I tell you that because I love you. I'm not trying to be like, you know, anything. I, I, I'm telling you that because just trying to, hey, let's get some truth in there so that we can, right believing leads to right living. And if the way that you've always believed is producing bad fruit, maybe there needs to be a shift and some key foundational issues so that we can build a life based on Christ instead of what we've always believed. Yeah? All right. How could I, wait a second, dead to sin, free from sin? Uh, how is that possible? John 1, 12 and 13 says that any who, anybody who believes in him, he gave the right to become children of God, children not born of a man's decision, but born of God, meaning I've been crucified from who I used to be, and he put his nature inside of me, his spirit, so I can live by what he says instead of what I used to feel. Amen? That's truth. Ephesians 4.24 takes it even further. I'll go there later. So, so what happens then, the question is, right? This is, these, this is foundational truths. I told you it's, it's simple and straightforward, but it's not shallow. I mean, it took me years to kind of get and concept. What, 
what is Paul talking about in Romans? Oh my goodness. And then, and I'm still, it's still being unfolded to work this out in my daily life, you know? And so hopefully I'll help you with some analogies that will help you to understand and have a revelation so we can walk this out thing out together and it, and live a life like this. Amen. Okay. So, so the, the question immediately is, okay, I hear you, pastor. I've quoted those verses my whole life, or maybe, maybe, you know, I'm, I'm hearing this for the first time, but how can that be a new creation in Christ Jesus, dead to sin, free from sin because I'm born again. But yet, wait a second. I know what I did last night. I know what I didn't do this past week that I was supposed to do. The Bible says when you know what you need to do and you don't do it, it's sin. So I know the good that I was supposed to do and I didn't do it. Ah, That's not very new creation of me. I know how I messed up and I know this pattern of sin that's happening over and over in my life and I just feel bound to it and, and here I am. How does that compute? Because the Bible says I'm free from sin, but it, man, it sure looks like I'm not. It looks like I'm drowning. As a matter of fact, if I look at my circumstance right now and I look at what I've been doing, it really makes, I look like the old creation. I don't even look like a new creation anymore. What's going on? I mean, when I preach this message, those questions come up in people, right? That's very natural for those questions to come up. Let's answer them. Romans chapter 8, verses 1 and 2. It says, therefore, there is now, when? No. Now. When? Now. Okay. No condemnation for those who try really hard and read their Bible a lot last night and they did everything the pastor said the past week. You know what? They've been to church three out of the four Sundays of the past month. So there's now no condemnation for those. Is that Romans 8.1? No. For those who are what? For those who are in Christ Jesus. Why? Why? The next verse says why. When there's a because, that's the why, right? Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Now, growing up, and look, I grew up in church. My dad's a pastor. I'm supposed to get all this stuff. I mean, and I, you know, I was a, I wasn't the bad pastor kid that everybody laughs about, all right? I mean, in most ways. <laughs> Simmer down. I heard that. Okay. What does it even mean, the law of the spirit of who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death? How does that work out practically in our life? Like, really, you know? And I, I got a couple analogies. Hopefully, hopefully they'll, they'll help you. Um, number one, the law of gravity. See, there's, there's a law of sin that affects the whole world right now, right? It, it just does. There is a law of sin that affects the world. Um, and you see it throughout the world, okay? There's a law of gravity 
that similarly affects the whole world right now. Would you agree? Okay. Um, I mean, shoot, law of gravity, even this Bible, if I, if I let go, what's going to happen? That's because of the law of gravity. Would you agree? Okay. A caterpillar. A caterpillar is born, and by nature, it, is, it succumbs to the law of gravity. It can't overcome it because of its nature. There's nothing in the caterpillar that will allow it, enable it to overcome the law of gravity. It will always be come under the law of gravity. As a matter of fact, it can try really hard to climb up the highest tree, and it can look like it's doing better than the rest because it got a little bit higher than the other caterpillars can get to the tallest tree that it possibly can. And it can work really hard, but the fact is it's still a caterpillar. And so by nature, it will always be stuck down to whatever it's on because of the law of gravity. The law of gravity is pervasive. It doesn't, it doesn't allow the caterpillar to do anything else, right? But then the caterpillar goes through a rebirth. It becomes born again. It actually dies to its old self in a cocoon, and is remade into something new. The new thing is a butterfly. Now, this butterfly has a new nature as it comes out. And the nature of the butterfly, God put in it everything it needs to overcome the law of gravity. But what happens if the butterfly remembers who it used to be? And just keeps thinking it's still nothing but a filthy, rotten caterpillar. Will it fly? No, it has to realize who it is. It has to realize who God created it to be. Who it is in its new nature. And as it does, it will do naturally what God has created it, what it's been born again to do. Which is to overcome the law of gravity. And any time it goes back to thinking of what it used to be, maybe it gets hurt, hit, comes up against an obstacle, hits, falls down, it finds itself on the ground. What if it goes back to thinking, man, I'm just a filthy, rotten caterpillar? It'll probably quit flying for a while until it's reminded of who it is. It's a butterfly created to overcome the law of gravity. Clear? The law of the spirit that gives life has set us free from the law of sin and death. You have been, have been crucified with Christ. The sin nature was crucified. 2 Corinthians 5.21, he who knew no sin, who was that that knew no sin? Became sin. He didn't just die for your sin, which he did, but he died as your sin. He didn't just die for you. He died as you on the cross. So he died as you so that in him and you're in him, you might become the righteousness of God. Why, he's in you. He put his nature in you. He gave you a new heart. He put his spirit in you to empower you to live by the spirit instead of by that law, sin and death. Let's do another analogy to, to maybe help. This is where this was supposed to come in. But I wasn't clear. Uh, you guys are just seeing this for the first time, right? Awesome. All right, let's, let's read that verse again. Romans chapter 8. Silly people. All right. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus. Through who? Christ Jesus. 
Okay, not through our effort of climbing to the tallest tree, right? Not through religion. Not through reading your Bible enough. Not through praying enough. Not through seeking enough. Not through having all-night prayer meetings. Not through, you know, confessing your sins to the priest. Not through whatever the religion you grew up in said. No, it's through Christ and through Christ alone. We continue that way as well, through Christ and through Christ alone. All right, through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Okay. What is this? It's a glove. Will this glove naturally sink or float? It depends on what's in it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Blow some air and it ties. <laughs> Don't preach my message. It depends on what's in the glove as to whether it will sink or float, right? It's in nature. We're all born with it. We're born with a nature towards selfishness that will continually push us towards selfishness, towards sin. We just are. You've been around, you've heard, if you've been here before, you've heard this. If not, I'm going to tell it for you. And for the rest of you, I'm telling it again so you can tell others. Two-year-old. Do you teach a two-year-old to steal? Do they do it naturally? If you're honest, yes, they do. If you're not, you're a liar. (laughs) It's a sin nature. (laughs) They naturally steal. And then you ask them if they did it, what do they do? Every one of them. There's thieves and liars, little two-year-olds. It's because the nature that's in them, that they were born with, that was passed down from you, then from their grandparents, and then all the way back to Adam and Eve, the nature to choose not God, to choose self, pushing them down. Now, they can try. But ultimately, the nature in is pushing them towards selfishness to say that they're their own God. I do what I feel. I am my own truth. And I want to do, I don't want to do what you say. I want to do what I say. Problem is, you're not created to live that way. You have to be born again. Like the caterpillar. What does it mean to be born again? You believe Jesus died in your place. He lived the perfect life, but he never sinned. But yet he still died as you for your sin. You believe he died for you, you die with him. You believe he raised again from, to new life, you're resurrected to new life. Confess, in order to be saved, you have to believe Jesus died and rose again and confess him as Lord. And when you do that, you're born again. And John, I don't have this verse up there, by the way. So those of you that are listening online, you have to go look it up. John chapter 20, verse 19, says, On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders. By the way, fear is not faith. The disciples were together in sin. Anything that's not in faith is sin. Jesus came and stood among them and said, you filthy, rotten disciples. How could you be afraid? 
Don't you know what I told you? No. He stood among them and he said, peace be with you. You know what that peace is he's talking about? Jesus paid the price, his blood to wash us clean, to pay for all of our sins so that we could have peace between the Father and ourselves, so that we could have a relationship with him. Yes, that's the peace he was talking about. You know, in the beginning um, of, was it Matthew or Luke, the angel said, glory to God in the highest, peace on earth and goodwill to on those in whom his favor rests. That's what he's talking about. Because of Jesus, we can have peace with God. Jesus was saying, you're forgiven. Jesus was saying, you're clean, you're whole, you're new. That's what he was saying. Peace, peace to God through Jesus. Then, after said, he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, he said, peace be with you. Okay. I, he was saying, I forgive you too. You know, yeah, you deserted me, but you got peace with, with the Father. You got peace with me too. And then he goes on. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Now remember, when you believe, you're sealed with the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 1.13, welling up to eternal life, to knowing God. Okay? You think when Jesus breathed on them, they didn't receive the Holy Spirit? I mean, that's what some theology says. Jesus breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. You think when the Son of God said, receive the Holy Spirit, it's like, nah. <laughs> so what happened? They were born again. Went from the old heart, which had a sin nature, to now he gave them a new heart in him. There was still Acts 2 to happen. We'll talk about that in the fourth, fifth week. That looks funky. <laughs> but he breathed on them. Now they had a new nature. Now does it have the nature to sink or to float? Because of what's in it, right? So it's going to float naturally. Guess what? Power of sin and death is still around. It's still there. As a matter of fact, they're free from the power of sin and death. The power of sin and death is no longer in them. They're free from it, but yet freedom doesn't mean you don't have the choice not to choose it. You still have a choice. You might, like the caterpillar, not realize the full freedom that you have and still think that you're a filthy, rotten sinner. So old temptations come back around and you choose them because you're used to it. And now you look like a sinker. As a matter of fact, this glove looks around in the moment and it thinks it's still nothing but a filthy, rotten sinker. Right? Because, man, it's circumstance said, look what it did last night. Man, it's not new. It doesn't look like a new creation, huh? What's the truth? What's on the inside? The Holy Spirit. It's born again. And as soon as it realizes who it is, as soon as it takes its mind off of what it's done and its past, 
and puts its mind back on the Father. Wait a second, I'm forgiven. I'm loved. Wait a second. Oh my gosh, this thing that I think's holding on to me, really, I'm holding on to it. I chose it. I let go because I'm free from it. And it goes back to what it's naturally born again to do. So, how do we live? We hear all this stuff, and it's, it's awesome and wonderful. Now, practically, what does this look like worked out in our life? Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 25. Therefore, each of you must put off. So therefore, because you're new. Actually, let's start in verse 22 through 24. We'll go there. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which was being corrupted by its deceitful desires and to be made new in the attitude of your mind. Why? Because as you renew your mind, your life is transformed. 24. And to put on the new self, new creation, created to be what? In true righteousness and holiness, right standing with him, which leads to right doing. Now it's about to tell you the right doing because you're in right standing. You don't do to be, you be to do. We are a new creation. Now we live like a new creation. Amen. I know this is a lot, but I told you it's simple and straightforward, but it's deep. It's not shallow. All right. Verse 25. So this is how we live. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor. For we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing, you must steal no longer. But you must work doing something useful with your own hands that you may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for the building up or building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Why do we not let unwholesome talk come out of our mouths? Well, one, it's not who we are. This, you know, we got Christ in us. So why would we let something come out of us that's not in us? Yeah. But also if we do that, those listening, it's going to destroy their faith as well. So we might as well live out what God's put in us and be real. But only what is helpful for the building others up according to their needs, that, they may, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness. Get rid of it. There's no reason to have bitterness in. Can I be strong for a second? Like put my pastor hat on and be strong. God forgave you, right, of everything? What right do you have to not forgive others? What right do you have not to forgive yourself? None. So what you're saying when you walk in unforgiveness and bitterness is you're saying, oh, what you did for me, 
I don't have to show others. It doesn't really have to change my heart. I can still do what I want despite what you did. That's dangerous. That's not the gospel. The gospel transforms you. So stop walking in unforgiveness. Forgiveness is not saying what the other person did is okay. It's saying, hey, that's terrible actually, but I'm going to let it go and give it to God. And so I can love you because I know what you did to me is probably because you're hurt. And so I can be, I can hurt for you instead of be hurt by you. Yeah. All right. So get rid of all bitterness. Where am I at? 31. Rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Like, in no way do I want to intentionally hurt someone. That's malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love. Just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you, there must not even be a hint. Everybody say a hint. Of sexual immorality. I'm stepping on somebody's toes right now because of our culture. It's okay. Do what you feel. That's not kingdom culture. That's not who you are. Stop. Yeah? If you're born again, then you have Christ in you. And this is like, hey, you're in right, you're right standing with God. So now let's do right living. Okay? Not even a hint of sexual immorality. Or any kind of impurity or greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. It's just not right. It's just not who you are. Why would you live the opposite of who you are? When you live the opposite of who you are, you feel terrible. You know, you ever been in a job that you weren't created for? It's exhausting. Well, it's like living out the opposite of what you were created to live. It's this weight that you're not created to bear. If you just obey, man, it's so much better. Because these are improper. Nor should there be obscenity, which is like all these kind of sexual jokes and stuff that I used to make in high school and college. God had to teach me not to do that. It wasn't good. Foolish talk, coarse joking. Man, I used to be bad about that too. Which are out of place, but rather there should be thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure no immoral, impure, or greedy person. Such people are idolaters has any inheritance in the kingdom of God, of Christ and of God. No inheritance, none whatsoever, right? An idolater is saying, I care more about this way of doing things than I care about what you say, God. Right? That's idolatry. Okay. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for of such thing God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. Now, I'm going to encourage you and then I'm going to dismiss you. If you heard all of that and you're like, oh, ouch, that's me. Like I've been doing, no, that's not you. That's what you've been doing. If you're born again, then you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. If you've been doing those things and you've a new creation in Christ Jesus, let me ask you this. Are you forgiven? Yes. Romans 4, 8, blesses the man whose sin is never counted against him. Does you being forgiven give you the right to continue? So then how do you quit? By the renewing of your mind. Now, let me show you the best way to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
See, this is a Christian life sandwich, what I just read. Ephesians 4.25 through Ephesians 5.7. It's a Christian life sandwich. You got how to live, like the practical of how to live on the bun on top, and the practical of how to live, the bun on the bottom, and then you got the meat of what to do in the middle. The meat of how you work that out, it's right in the middle. You know what the middle is? Ephesians 5.1. Follow God's example, so, or be imitators of God. How? As dearly loved children, walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. Okay, so how do you be obedient in those different areas? You do it as a dearly loved child. You're going to fail at obedience if you don't think you're dearly loved. You're going to think he's mad at you. And instead of falling into your heavenly father's arms, you're going to run from God. And when you run from him, you're getting further from his presence. Next thing you know, you're walking in circles in the same thing you've been struggling with over and over and over. Does that sound like anybody's life? I know that was my old life when I didn't understand grace and righteousness. Yeah. So what do you do as a dearly loved child? Okay. The Bible says, if you love me, you will obey my commands. Jesus said that, right? If you love me, you obey my commands. Now, our old mindset of performance was, okay, I got to obey his commands. And the more that I obey, I'm proving my love to him. There's a problem with that mindset. You know what the problem is? It's all about you proving yourself when you've already been proved in Christ. It's self-focused. It's religion. Well, then, then you, know, you flip it and you say, okay, wait, wait. If I love him obedience will flow from my life. I will obey because of my love for him. And that's right. As I love God. Well, then there's a, there's a, that can get religious too. You know how people, uh, then go on these like, man, I just want to love God more. And they try and they do whatever. I want to love God more. And their focus is still on themselves, loving God more. So it's still on self. So it's still going to produce self. Whatever you focus, you reproduce. Yeah? So then how do you love God more? How do you do this thing? How do you, 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 you walk out the meat of the love sandwich of walking in Christianity? The Bible says, I don't know if I put this up there either, but in 1 John chapter 4, verse 19, Before it, it says God is love. And then verse 19, this is how you do it. It says, we love because God first loved us. So my capacity to love is the fruit, the result of my understanding his love for me. So if I have a love issue, it means I have an issue understanding God's love for me. So if I have an obedience issue, then I have a love issue. And if I have a love issue, then I have an issue understanding God's love for me because I love as he first loved me. So if I don't understand how he first loved me, my whole life is out of whack. But the more that I understand how much he loves me, so daily I want to grow in my understanding of his love because as I do, all of a sudden my love is a reflection of my understanding of his love. Then all of a sudden those who love me obey my commands and now I'm walking out his goodness and everybody's seeing and it's awesome and my mind's not even on me. It's on his love for me. That's the free Christian life. That ain't religion. That's relationship, brother. That's the way we're supposed to live. 
Yeah. I don't think I got anything else. <laughs> Go live it, you know? Um, in all reality, I want to ask you to stand and we're going to dismiss. I don't think we're going to sing at the end today. We're just... Um, I want you to receive the fact that you're forgiven, but in all, in you know, actually, there's, there's, there's people who are struggling in an area of life that they're, they're bound up in, and they're having trouble getting over that area. And there's a lot of people in here like that because this is a group of people. The Bible says, confess your faults one to another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. A lot of times, people try to overcome things on their own and don't, they, they have trouble receiving God's love in this area, but they want to hide it from everybody else. And so because they hide it from everybody else, it just gets worse because secret sin only grows more dirty. You know? So I'd encourage you, if there's an area of your life that you're having trouble being free from, that's what the body of Christ is for. Find someone that you trust that loves God and is walking with him as much or more than you are. And confess, well, more than you are would probably be good. And confess your faults one to another and let him pray for you so that area of your life can be healed. So that you can receive God's love in that area because you're having trouble hearing it from the Father, so maybe you'll hear the Father from somebody else. You know? So let's just do this. If you'll lift in your hands as a sign of surrender, that's it. Like when you walk into the King's presence in the Old Testament, you lift your hands, it's like, I'm surrendering to you. So you're not to me, it's to Jesus, he's here. I would encourage you to lift your hands and just repeat this after me. Thank you, Jesus, that you say I'm forgiven. Thank you, Jesus, that I'm forgiven. Thank you that you love me. I ask you to reveal to me any area of my life that I need to surrender to you. And just listen. There'll be thoughts come to your mind, some of you. Some of you are like, man, I'm free. That's good. That's great. You need to serve others and help others to get free. Now, in your own heart, I want you to place whatever it was before him. Say, I release it to you in your own way. If it's something that's hurting someone else, then you probably need to go and ask them for forgiveness. It's relationship with God, but also relationship with others. He loves you so much, guys. Your heavenly Father loves you. Father God, I just pray freedom for everybody. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord God, for who you are. All right, and just, we're, we're almost done. Just look at me real quick. If there's anybody in here that doesn't know Jesus, like maybe you've grew up saying you believe in him, but you don't, you don't know what it means to really have a, a relationship with him like you heard today. Gabe and Mariah, will you raise your hands? Everybody look. See these hands right here, Gabe and Mariah? If you don't know Jesus, I want you to go talk to them. They're going to lead you into a relationship with him. 
um, whenever I dismiss. Um, I know that's a step out of your comfort zone because you've never met them before. But guess what? If it matters that much that your life changed to you, then you'll go do it. If it doesn't, you're invited to come back and continue coming. We love you and we care for you and we want you to be a part of what we're doing. We want you to grow with us and you're welcome. Amen. Thank you for tuning in today to the Real Church Podcast. I pray that you walk away from today encouraged with a deeper understanding of how much God loves you. If you'd like to connect with us, we can't wait to reach out to you and pray for you. You can go to www.realchurch.us slash connect. And then also, if you would like to give to what God is doing in and through our ministry, you can do so at www.realchurch.us giving, or you can text any amount to 84321, and then just search in the link that comes up, search for Real Church Global. God bless you, and the best is yet to come.